I fear not the dark itself, but what may lurk within it. Welcome to Lurk, bringing you creepy, strange, and bone-chilling stories with your host, Jamie Jackson. Welcome to this week's episode. For this week's episode, we will be exploring the haunted Sloss Furnace located in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm pretty sure this is the first Alabama story that we've done. You might have already heard about Sloss Furnace as it was featured on some paranormal TV shows a few years ago. You know it's haunted when the TV shows descend on it. I mean, that's how I heard about it. Even though I don't like paranormal TV, every now and then I do watch some. So let's get started. Sloss Furnace is a National Historic Landmark in Birmingham, Alabama, as I mentioned, in the United States, if you were not sure where Alabama was located. It operated as a pig iron producing blast furnace from 1882 to 1971. After it closed, it became one of the first industrial sites and only blast furnace in the United States to be preserved and restored for public use. In 1981, the furnaces were designated as a National Historic Landmark by the U.S. Department of the Interior. It currently serves as an interpretive museum of industry and hosts a nationally recognized metal arts program. It is also a venue for concerts and festivals, and according to their website, they also host weddings. I was going to say I don't think I would want my wedding there, but who am I kidding? I would have killed to have my wedding there, or any haunted location. And I would have gotten a big fat no from my husband. As far as the history of the place, Colonel James Withers Sloss was one of the founders of Birmingham, helping to promote railroad development. In 1881, he formed his own company, the Sloss Furnace Company, and began construction of Birmingham's first blast furnace on 50 acres of donated land. The two furnaces were 60 feet tall and 18 feet in diameter. The first blast was initiated in April of 1882. The facility produced 24,000 tons of high-quality iron during, during its first year of operation. Sloss Iron won a bronze medal at the Southern Exposition, held in 1883 at Louisville, Kentucky. In 1886, Sloss returned and sold the company to a group of investors who reorganized it in 1899 as the Sloss Sheffield Steel and Iron Company. New blowers were installed in 1902, new boilers in 1906 and 1914, and the furnaces were completely rebuilt with modern equipment between 1927 and 1929. I like that, modern equipment between 1927 and 29. They're probably completely obsolete 100 years later, but back then they were considered modern. 
The furnace was sold a couple of times before finally closing in 1971 when the property was donated to the Alabama State Fair Authority. Sloss Furnace was used in 2022 as a competition venue for the World Games. Sport climbing, breaking, parkour, and beach handball all held competitions there. And in case you're wondering, like I was, pig iron gets its name from the shape of the cooling trenches the molten iron was dumped into to cool. The trenches looked like a sow feeding piglets. Today, nothing remains of the original furnace complex. The oldest building on site dates from 1902 and houses eight steam-driven blowing engines used to provide air for combustion in the furnaces. In a facility like Sloss Furnace, it's not unusual that some accidents would happen. One of the first accidents happened in November of 1882. Two black workers, Alec King and Bob May, were removing ore and coke that had burned to the brick walls of the number one furnace. The two men were lowered into the inside of the furnace and started working to dislodge the stuff from the walls. That material then fell down into the smoldering material in the hearth. This resulted in smoke and gas that quickly overcame the men, who then fell to their death. That same time frame, in November of 1882, another worker committed suicide by diving into the furnace known as Big Alice. In February of 1892, two men died and several others were injured in another accident. A new hot blast stove was being built when a scaffold inside the stove collapsed, dumping eight men 58 feet below. Two died immediately, the other six were injured. Then five years later, there was a New York Times article titled, Dead in a Furnace Tank. The article talks about finding the body of a white man in a large open water tank at Sloss. The body was found by a young boy, August 4, 1897. The article noted that the body was cooked and the flesh fell off in chunks as it was drawn from the vat. His friends suspected foul play in the man's death. The man was identified as a painter for the Southern Railway shops in the city, and that night he was headed home from the bar. Sloss was considerably out of his way. Another notable accident occurred in Blower Room 1. The machine ruptured and released scalding steam that killed two men instantly. And again in the same room, another man taking his lunch break too close to the machinery was pulled into the cog wheel and crushed. Some other notable history comes from the early 1900s. At that time, James Slag Wormwood was foreman of the graveyard shift. Typically, that's the period between sunset and sunrise. He was in charge of a skeleton crew of approximately 150 workers who kept the furnaces fed. During the hot and humid summer months, temperatures throughout the plant would reach more than 120 degrees. Lack of sleep, the heat, and low visibility made working the furnace literally a living hell. Only the poorest workers who were desperate for a job were willing to work it. These workers were forced to live in a cramped housing located on the furnace site and could be forced at any moment to return to work. To impress his supervisors, Wormwood would make his workers take dangerous risks 
forcing them to speed up production. During his reign, 47 workers lost their lives, which is reported to be more than 10 times the amount of deaths on any other shift. Many others lost their ability to work due to accidents, mishaps, and even a recorded explosion in the small blowing engine house in 1888. The accident left six workers burned and blinded. There were no breaks and no holidays. In October 1906, James Slag Wormwood lost his footing at the top of the highest blast furnace, known as Big Alice, and plummeted into a pool of melted iron ore. His body melted instantly. It was reported that Slag must have become dizzy from the methane gas created by the furnace and lost his balance. But Slag had never set foot on top of a furnace during his years of employment. Many thought that the workers had finally had enough of Wormwood's slave driving and fed him to the furnace. But no workers were ever accused or put on trial. Sloss Industries soon discontinued the graveyard shift, citing numerous accidents, reports, and strange incidents that decreased steel production. The legend of Slag grew each year after his disappearance. Workers complained of an unnatural presence they encountered throughout the worksite. A night watchman in 1926 sustained injuries after being pushed from behind and told angrily by a deep voice to get back to work. The man searched the grounds but found no sign of any other living person there. In 1947, three supervisors turned up missing. They were found unconscious and locked in the small boiler room in the southeastern part of the plant. None of the three men could explain what had happened. All agreed that they were approached by a man whose skin appeared badly burned and who angrily shouted at them to push some steel. The most horrifying tale occurred in 1971. The night before the plant closed, Samuel Blumenthal, the Sloth's night watchman, was taking one last look around and found himself face to face with the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He described it simply as evil and a half-man, half-demon who tried to push him up the stairs. When Blumenthal refused, the monster began to beat on him with its fists. After examination by a doctor, it was found that Blumenthal was covered with intense burns. He died before ever returning to Sloss. There have been more than 100 reports of suspected paranormal activity at Sloss furnaces that have been recorded in Birmingham police reports. From minor incidents like steam whistles blowing by themselves to sightings of apparitions and rare physical assaults. In 2000, Fox's Scariest Places stated Sloth's furnaces had one of the highest rates of unnatural energy they had ever encountered. The Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research said, There is no doubt Sloth is a hotspot for paranormal activity. During our investigations, we pulled data that confirms through our scientific methods and approach that energy is present that cannot be explained. Sloss is one of the most paranormally active places our team has investigated. On October 4, 2003, almost exactly on the 32nd anniversary of Night Watchman Blumenthal's burn attack, 
a researcher who had worked at Sloss for many years, suddenly caught fire after seeing a strange shape. He suffered burns up and down his body and was taken to the hospital. He still cannot recall what exactly happened. In 2005, two psychic investigators investigated Sloss furnaces, and in the middle of their investigation, one of them began to bleed spontaneously from a cut that appeared on his right hand, stopping the investigation. But the camera crew was still able to capture images of spirits on their cameras. In 2009, the unexplained mystery team investigated Sloss and were shocked to capture shadows on film. In 2014, TAPS, also known as Ghost Hunters, went to Sloss to film for their television show. They filmed some top-rate footage, proving that there is definite spiritual activity at the furnaces. There have been many paranormal experiences documented throughout the years, and I'm going to share those with you now. One woman wrote on the 19th of October, 2019, My husband and I and two of our daughters went to Sloss today around 1, recorded from time to time with pictures. I've caught a girl humming on the video. The humming is clear with headphones and faint without, as well as groans, sounds, shh, and a yes to my husband talking. Also sounded like a scream at one point. The humming is the best audio recorded while shooting video. Another person wrote, I am not a believer in the paranormal. I did, however, attend the haunted walkthrough in October. The walkthrough itself was fun. We went home after. Nothing out of the ordinary, right? The day after, my husband told me there was a very dark colored bruise on the back of my arm in the shape of fingerprints. I think she means fingers, not the actual swirly fingerprints. She goes on, I do not bruise easily. It wasn't there before the walkthrough. I'm still not convinced I had a ghostly encounter, but there's a small part of me that has wondered ever since if maybe it could have been. Am I crazy? The answer is yes. Yes, you are. I'm just kidding. Another person said they were visiting the site alone, and while there, they heard footsteps. The temperature around the furnaces was ice cold, even though it was the middle of summer. When they were leaving, they felt a sensation like someone had run their hand through their hair. Once home, the person looked through the photos they took, and in a photo taken just before they had the sensation with their hair was a photo of a purplish mist. A member of a paranormal group said they had visited Sloss Furnaces many times and felt that the most active areas, in their opinion, were the tunnel and the boiler room. In both of those areas, they personally had been touched and recorded some EVPs, the strangest of which was the recording of a little girl humming in the tunnel. At the time of the recording, there were only two other ladies in the area, and they were working in the office on the other side of the complex. One of the ladies in the office said she had heard the humming before. No one has an explanation why the little girl is there. Interesting that two separate people shared stories about the sound of a small girl humming. I think some of the creepiest EVPs I've ever listened to are ones where I've captured humming, whistling, or worse yet, whispering. 
They completely freak me out. There was also a report of someone feeling a hot breath on the back of their neck, and when they whirled around to see who was doing it, there was no one there, no one even close. Another visitor to the furnaces said that while there, they looked to their left into a window and saw a silhouette standing outside the window, not moving. In the area called the blowing engine room, there is said to be a lot of activity. Allegedly, a man was sucked under one of the wheels and was mangled to death. His ghost is said to haunt that room. Investigators who were checking out that area were touched, pushed, and also heard loud banging, but when they went to investigate, there was nothing there and nothing out of place. A former employee of Sloss Furnace talked about what he termed unnatural occurrences. One night, the furnace unexpectedly lost power for over an hour, and no one could figure out why. It happened after a visitor taunted and called out slag. They saw figures moving around through the factory and woods after hours when no one else should be there. One night in particular, this employee was walking through the tunnels and the basement when he felt something grab his shoulders and push him from behind. He and other employees heard voices and strange sounds coming from areas that were blocked off to the public on numerous occasions. Another encounter happened when a woman and her husband were touring the furnaces. They were around the blowing engines when her husband immediately started panicking and asked his wife if she felt weird. She told him to stop trying to scare her. Her husband then began complaining about his vision and saying he couldn't see right and felt really dizzy. They had already done the official tour and were just exploring on their own, so they decided to leave and get some dinner. While at the restaurant, the woman started Googling some of the history of Sloth's Furnace and discovered there were six workers who were blinded by a fire in the same area where she and her husband were in. The next account is in the witness's own words. They wrote, I was at Sloss a few years ago with some friends. The place already gives me the creeps, but after that night I will never go back, ever. It was around 1.30 in the morning when we heard the scream of pure evil and pain, sounded like a demon straight from hell, or at least what you would think one would sound like. No one else heard it that was around us. They looked at us like we were crazy. Hell, I thought we were crazy, but my whole group heard it, so I couldn't be crazy. Could I? It was not even a minute later another scream was let out, but this time a flash of light came from the top of the stack they call Big Alice. Then a third time the scream and the light, but this time it wasn't a flash. It stayed. We all freaked out and looked at the others like, Guys, are y'all seeing this? Can you not hear the screams? All of a sudden, a shadow slowly emerged from the light. It looked like a man, but only bigger, much bigger, maybe eight feet tall. We stood in shock. My girlfriend at the time was freaking the hell out. She had her phone out, recording the thing. The man lets out another scream. The lights glow brighter than what appeared to be fire engulfed the shadow man. Then it falls back into Big Alice. Nobody else saw it or heard it. When we play back the video on her phone, there was nothing. All you could see is the top of Big Alice and the Birmingham night sky. We were in shock. To this day, we have no idea what it was, if it was the man they call Slag. Why could we see it and no one else could? 
Another employee at Sloss witnessed what they called a shadow person. They looked up towards the second floor window of the blowing engine room, and as soon as they looked up, a shadow passed over the window. I watched that window all night, thinking it might have been a visitor's shadow, but no other shadow passed over. He and another employee attempted to recreate the image, but they were unable to. For some reason, there have been signs of child ghosts around the furnaces. One witness wrote, Me and my friends were wandering around Sloss Furnace for a photo shoot when my friend told me to turn around. I thought that it was for the photo, so I turned around and I saw a couple of little kids playing on the bars at the furnace. We looked at each other and then looked back at the kids. One kid fell and faded into the ground. We screamed, then ran to her car. I'm never going to Sloss for a photography project again. An art teacher took some students to the furnace. While some of the girls were walking in the tunnel area, one girl felt something grab onto her leg. Another group touring the furnace came across a man dressed similar to a coal miner. They asked him if he worked there, and he just walked right by the group, not acknowledging them. Then he just melted into the wall. On the grounds of Sloss Furnace, there used to be a haunted house attraction at Halloween. One paranormal eyewitness attended one of the first haunted houses they hosted. The witness was not familiar with the furnace or its history at the time of their visit. They started on the tour through the furnace, and when they turned the corner, they saw a man standing between two steel beams. The man was wearing denim overalls and a hat, and he was just standing there staring. The witness laughed and questioned why the guy wasn't jumping out and trying to scare anyone. The tour guide turned and asked, Who are you talking about? The witness said the man back there, but when they turned to point out the man, there was no one there. The tour guide let the witness know they hadn't even entered the haunted house portion of the tour yet. A visitor on the daytime tour of Sloss Furnace was in the tunnels by themselves when they heard a noise behind them and then felt a sharp pain in their back. There was nothing and no one around them as they were standing alone in the middle of the tunnel. Another visitor was entering the bridge above the tunnel trying to take a photo of the dual lifts. While they were taking the photo, they were pushed from the waist forward. At the same time, they heard footsteps up on the catwalk. One visitor to the furnace wrote, When I went to Sloss in 2005, I was last in line, and there was a portion of the tour that took us across a long catwalk that was about 30 feet long. Just as I reached the midpoint of the catwalk, I felt a pretty good tug on my shirt tail. When I turned around to see what it was, there was nothing and nobody there. There was no way anybody could have run away from where I was on the catwalk that fast, and there was no way anyone could have reached up or down to do it because of the height of the catwalk or the distance between the catwalk and the ceiling. TAPS, the paranormal investigation group seen on Ghost Hunters, investigated Sloss on two separate occasions and agreed that Sloss Furnace was indeed haunted. Personally, I think TAPS is one of the most discerning paranormal TV groups out there. If you're interested in visiting Sloss Furnace, it is open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., closed Sundays and Mondays, and offers self-guided or guided tours. This location is definitely on my bucket list. That's going to do it for this episode. 
Remember, you can find Lurk on all the major podcasting platforms and at lurkpodcast.com, where you'll find all the episodes along with links to our social media platforms. If you like what you hear, be sure to tell your friends, and if you have a minute, consider giving us a five-star review. We have a Patreon account if you're interested in more content and in supporting the show. And until next time, keep lurking. <laughs>